born into a generational family farm? Do you and your family know what will happen to the farm if tragedy were to strike? Hi, this is Margie geiler Alanese, and this week on Farm Her Talks, I'm chatting with three ladies who have successfully been through farm transition planning with their families. First, we'll meet with Amy and Beth Marcout, the sister duo behind Marcout Jersey Creamery in Illinois. And then we're going to talk with Erin Leifker, the chief experience officer at FarmHer, who was raised on her family farm and now owns it alongside her husband. This episode is sponsored by Hitchpin, agriculture's preferred marketplace for buying, selling, hiring, and work. With a community of more than 45,000 farmers and ranchers, let Hitchpin connect you to a buyer today. Okay, first up, we are here with Beth and Amy Marcout of the Marcout Jersey Creamery in Illinois. Thank you, ladies, for joining us on Farm Her Talks. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so to give everybody a little bit of background, a couple years ago, uh, I had the opportunity to visit the Marcout Jersey Creamery. You guys are kind of near St. Louis, is that right? Yep, yeah, we're about 45 miles east of downtown. Yeah, that's right. I I remember that we were on a trip um, through Missouri and we uh, filmed for a day at your your operation. And it was super interesting learning about all the different things you're doing. I got to see Audie make cheese, uh, the cattle being milked with the robotic milkers you know, just all the different parts and pieces of your operation. And uh, of course, going home with cheese at the end of the day was, you know, one of the best things. Oh, and I tried, you guys had something called whey ice um, that was from a byproduct, right? Yep. Yeah. We call it extreme ice now. It actually is a, um, it's crushed fruit with whey from our cheese. And then we add whey isolate to it. So in a five ounce container, you get 20 grams of protein. It's from a byproduct, which whey is a byproduct of cheese making. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was so cool. Um, Okay, so that was my experience there. And I remembered as we're talking about transition planning on farms and, and how, you know, it's not always the easiest process. It's not always the cleanest process. And rarely do I meet um, people who, as they were growing up, you know, knew exactly what their path was going to be back to the farm, right? And so I remembered your story of how both of you maybe weren't necessarily going back to the farm, but then that changed. So can you guys start by telling me a little bit about your farm and um, how long your family's been farming? And then like, what was that progression into actually farming for you ladies? So the Marcoot family has had Jersey cows um, since the 1840s, whenever we, they came across, um, immigrated from Switzerland. So they brought a Jersey calf with them. And the area that we're in is where um, our family has always been within probably about a 10 mile area uh, radius here. Um, so my dad was the first generation of the Marcoots to really take the farm from um, just probably a self-sustaining farm like a lot of agricultural was and made it into a business. And, and he did that. Um, now we sell that Jersey cows. Um, we have the added value business of the creamery where we make primarily make cheese. That's when we're in, uh, like Amy said, we also make a product called extreme ice. And then we also rolled out a brand new product this um, earlier this year called doggos. And it is a um, dried cheese treat for dogs. Oh. Um, it looks like a 
that so that dogs can put their little paw in it and because dogs love cheese um just like you and i do so um so that's our new our new product um we milk about 100 Jersey cows, and we primarily graze them. Uh, we do have robotic milkers, and so it, our system is not that complicated for them to graze and then come and milk. Um, so we also host, uh, we do a lot of tours um, at the farm and creamery where whenever we built the creamery, we have viewing windows so people can watch us make cheese. Uh, four years ago, whenever we built the robotic milking parlor, we um, have glass in there that people could basically get a 360 view of the milk tank room, the robots, and then also the cows on the cow side um, of the barn. So uh, we, we want to be very transparent in the food and the product that we're making, but also in the way that we care for our cows. I do remember the day that I was there, there were a a group, a busload full of kids there looking through those windows that you were talking about. So such a cool way for kids to get to see and experience and try what comes out of your dairy. Um, So let's talk a little bit about both of you and your journey, I guess, back to the farm. So um, if I remember right, both of you were on different life paths that were not necessarily farming, and then that changed. Can you can you describe that a little bit to me? Sure. Uh, I actually remember being 16 years old and my dad saying that he didn't... My parents had four girls. I'm the oldest. I'm Amy, and Beth is the second. And I can remember being 16 years old and my dad saying, I don't want you to take over the farm. And I thought, well, good, because I wasn't going to. <laughs> and... He uh, really wanted us to go to college, get a degree, and have what would he would consider a normal job. <laughs> and he's like, I just want you guys to be able to have time with your family. I want you guys, I don't, I don't, and he said, and honestly, Amy, I just don't know how a small family farm is going to stay sustainable as things continue to change and grow with the way that the economy was going. I'm thinking, okay, good. That's great. Um, So I went to the University of Illinois and got a degree in agriculture and physical education. And then I got a master's degree in counseling. So I'm a licensed counselor. I really wanted to live overseas for a year and just experience a different culture. And so I moved uh, to Turkey and I worked with a startup company that was starting a hunting company in Turkey for a year. And while I was there, my mom called to just let us know that, hey, we've made the decision to sell the cows in about five years. Dad will be 60 at that point. And he's running the farm by himself. And he just, there's just a point whenever you can't do what you used to be able to do. And so she just wanted to kind of let all of us know that that was the plan of what was going to be next. So that was, at that point, I started going, boy, I don't know. I mean, like here I am living overseas. I was planning on coming back to the States and being a school counselor or something like that. And I was not planning at all, but it really made me start to think about what could we do? It was there something that we could do to keep our family farm, but make it a sustainable business. I also went to the University of Illinois and my undergraduate degree is in human development and family studies. After I graduated from the U of I, I uh, started working at um, camps, and I did a lot of outdoor education and adventure education um, and just did a lot of outdoor experiences. And then I went to grad school 
and I was um, on the pathway in grad school to, um, I had my master's in education, and specifically, uh, I was working with people with disabilities, and I really felt like that was where um, I really wanted to be. That's kind of where my heart was being tugged at, and I finished my master's in 2012. Um, we opened the creamery in 2010. Uh, whenever my parents told me to end the discussion, it wasn't dramatic. It was just kind of a matter of fact that this is what it is. And there's still something kind of just there within me and being like, huh, that doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't sit right. I wonder, like, what we could do about that. And so over the next several years, we, as things, this plan started you know, we started talking about it more of, okay, well, if we did a value added, there's a whole process of how to. Well, actually, before we got to that point, started to say, well, what if we did come back to the farm? What would that look like? And he's like, look, I'm just telling you, he had the farm in a really good position. Um, He had uh, downsized the farm, substantially transitioned the farm to being primarily grass-based. I mean, we still fed grain, but it was He's like, look, as I'm getting older, I can't do everything by myself anymore. And so I'll have the cows harvest their own crops. And I remember him watching videos from the extension um, about uh, rotational grazing for dairy cows in New Zealand. And so he's trying to figure that out. And he did that in 2000. So our farm was in a pretty good position uh, to just, he could sell it and he would be okay. Um, But when we started talking about it, he said, well, you have two options, in my opinion. You either need to become a thousand plus cow dairy, um, or you need to do something value added. And for us, it was really easy to decide. Let's do something value added. He was already doing the primarily grass fed thing, and I promise, I realized it's not the best thing for every you know farm, uh, but it was something that we thought customers it might appeal to some customers. And we just had a lot of passions that would kind of. Uh, draw into that so and it was a good fit for us the the grass fed was you you have low labor input and so it just it just has worked really really well for us yeah and you know if I whenever I look back and there was a time in my childhood and it was probably in the mid 90s where a bunch of Jersey dairy farmers in California got together and they created the Hillmar Cheese Company, and I remember at that my, that time, my dad took a really fond interest in learning about what they were doing, and I remember I was probably 10 or 11 years old, and my dad would sometimes take us take me to the front door and be like, wouldn't that be so cool if one day across the road we can make cheese with our own cow's milk? And as a, you know, a 10, 11-year-old, I'm like, oh, dad, you're so funny, ha, 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 um, but it, this is really interesting about how some of those things have actually come to fruition and it's great. I mean, it's still very hard, but it's, um, it's very great. It feels like it's more. And I would say something, and maybe I'm jumping ahead. Um, if, you know, people are looking at for, uh, what to do with their farm and the next generation, um, it, it, it needs to be more than, Oh, this is what we've been doing for generations. Like, yeah, it, that is true, and that is the heritage and the legacy, but it also has to be a, it has to be purposeful for people individually. And so yeah. for me, I, I love that I get to 
raise my kids on the farm and they get to work with me and I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, but I love that I get to grow old with my parents and I get to be close by. And I also really love the fact that I get to, um, we get to have a platform for people to come and learn about agriculture. And we want to do a really great job of representing agriculture. And so there's a lot of purposes and it's just not, it's just not because my family has done it for generations. So I must need to do it too. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's even whenever you love something and have a strong purpose, there are still are very hard days. Yes. (laughs) And you know, it doesn't mean that it's blissful. Um, but it just means that the hard days and the purpose can kind of help drive us. Yeah. Drive us through the next day. Gets you through them for sure. I think, I think most farmers can relate to that for sure. So, um, I'm so glad that you guys did decide to come back and, um, you know, figure out what that value add looked like for your farm. Let me ask you this, as you were going through kind of that discussion with your dad and figuring out how that transition worked, I guess, uh, the fact that your dad already knew that he was ready to, to, you know, start thinking about doing something different himself, um, maybe was helpful there, but, but was it difficult to figure out like how to structure the business with your family? Was it, were those types of things difficult? And, And if so, how did you work through it? You know, it was actually really easy because. Um, I think my dad learned some lessons from him, uh, his experience. And so the, a couple of things happened that made it really simple. The first thing that he said is he's like, look, if you guys come back, the, the way that we're going to do this is the farm itself, we will just transfer it to you, which seems preposterous, right? Because like that's his whole life's work. Now mm-hmm. he still owns the land and things like that, but the farm itself, um, the corporation, we're going to transfer that to you because I do not want you to work for me. He's like, I want you to work for you because there's a really good chance you're going to have to work for free for a few years. <laughs> yeah. and, he's like, and I don't want you to be resentful towards me. So I think, I think that perhaps from some of his experiences, when the farm was transitioned to him, mm-hmm. he always thought he wanted to do it a little bit different. But the other thing that happened that made that a really an easier decision was that we were approved to get a loan through FSA and a beginning farmer loan. Well, the interest rates for the beginning farmer loans were significantly lower than if my dad were to go and get the loan. And frankly, the bankers also wanted to know that like there were going to be young people to carry on um, this sort of, this, you know, idea, this dream that it wasn't, my dad, just my dad that was sort of driving it. And so it was really pretty seamless whenever, as far as that goes, which I know is is sometimes unusual, but he really just, it was really important to him that we didn't work for him, that we worked for ourselves and that we were doing it because do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose you, uh, in your dad's case and, and in the case of many people, you know, pull from the experiences that you've had in the past that maybe didn't go so well, right? Learn from those and, and carry those forward. That, that's a pretty important thing. 
um, that in a family where, you know, I think you said 1840s, um, you guys have had lots of generations to figure out how to do this right. So uh, <laughs> that that's some, some good information there for sure. So I know that when you guys decided to make this transition and um, really change the farm, quite drastically. Um, let's talk a little bit about the technology um, that you had to to do. Was it easy to convince everybody? Were you all on the same page about, yes, let's put in robotic milkers and let's make this huge investment in um, the facility here to make cheese? W- was that a bit of a d- difficult discussion or how did you guys work together to figure that part out? The creamery itself, we knew, we actually, um, my mom's brother uh, worked in dairy manufacturing for his whole career. And so we kind of had a good idea of what that expense was going to look like. And uh, that was fine. We were all on the same page with that. But funny enough, the robotic milkers, about a year into the business, and my dad was right, we did work for free for more than just a couple years. Um, and I'm sitting like at my desk and my dad walks in about a year into the uh, business and I'm trying to figure out how to sell and market cheese, how to make cheese, how to make sure that we're taking care of our cows, how to pay the bills, how to do everything that you have to do whenever you take on a business. And I'm 28 years old and my dad walks into my office and he's like, Amy, I've got a great idea. And I kind of like sensed it was to spend money. I was a little bit mad at him before he even said anything. And I'm like, okay, what's your idea? And he's like, the next investment that robotic milkers. And I'm like, you need to get out of here. I'm like, no. As a matter of fact, he's the salesperson for the robotic milkers that he thought that we probably should get, which are the ones that we ended up getting. And I told Beth, I'm not sitting in that meeting because we cannot spend any more money right now. And this is really nice for him. He's spending our money. Like, what? Like we, he doesn't have to pay it back. We have to pay it back. And so funny enough, it was my dad's idea. And he was the one that was really excited about it and really um, wanted to drive it. And, but his reasoning was really kind. His reasoning was, um, uh, I'm so sorry. You know, it's literally landing a helicopter in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say uh, it blinked out? Was it Audie is landing? Who's landing a helicopter? our cheesemaker is landing a helicopter in our backyard well, in the pasture. In the pasture. I kind okay. of remember that she is a helicopter pilot. <laughs> she is a helicopter. And I'm like, what is that loud noise? So I'm sorry if you hear it, but it's Audie landing. Okay. She's fine. She's making um, a grand entrance. So she likes to do that, <laughs> but okay. Back to this. So the, the interesting thing is, is that it was actually my dad's idea it wasn't, and I told him, like, Dad, we can't afford to do this at this time. But he's like, but look, he's like, if you are a dairy farmer, you have to milk the cows twice a day, every day. He's like, Amy, I just, I don't want you girls to not be able to spend time with your family. And I want, and he's like, I actually think we'll be able to take care of the cows better if we do this a little bit differently. And I'm like, you don't have to convince me. It's a great idea. It's just a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, um, Seven years later, after we got ourselves in a position to where we could afford to do it, we did end up um, uh, investing in the robots. But it was John's idea. It wasn't Amy and Beth's idea. A lot of people think it was uh, the younger generation's idea, but it was actually his. Yeah, Yeah, and that technology um, has definitely, um, we've seen the 
it improves in our herd health and our milk production and then also in our own, you know, health as well. So it's been an investment um, that has definitely been worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember seeing that when I was there and thinking as um, a mother with, you know, little kids myself, how, how much that must give back to your life as a dairy farmer. So um, I'm glad it, it sounds like you guys have a really great relationship with your dad. Like the, you guys, you guys respect what he says and value what he says. And, and, and I'm assuming that that has played well into your ability to make this all work. But you know, I'll be I, just like any family business, there have been bumps in the road. I think that for us, even though it's really hard sometimes, I think that we are always kind of coming back to, we really want to make this work and we really want to figure out how to work together. But the first few years were difficult because we had to learn how to communicate. One, Beth and I had been gone for 10 years. And so like we hadn't been around my parents every single day and to come back, we came back as adults. You know, we left as kids, their kids, and we came back as an adults and we all had to, I had to learn how to talk to them differently. They had to learn how to talk to me differently. I just think that it's sort of our commitment to, we really want to figure this out and we really want to make this business success. At the end of the day, we want to say that we gave it everything we had and we didn't let um, the relationship or the lack thereof sort of stand in the way. It would be very easy to do that though. Yeah. yeah I, and I agree with you, Margie, like, you know, uh, my dad, he works with um, me on the farm. I We manage the farm together, and I'm just very grateful for his um, experience and his expertise in cows and farming, and uh, he teaches me a lot. And I think, like, where um, there was probably a shift is um, where we kind of – there was this – something happened where we were like, Hey, I can learn from you. You can learn from me. Let's just work together and uh, figure out each other's strengths. And that wasn't necessarily a conversation we had. It just kind of happened organically, but, um, but it, it, it is fun um, to work with one another in dairy farming. Um, half of it is being able to read the cow's mind and the other half is reading the mind of the person you're working with. <laughs> and so, um, so it's, it, it, it is fun and our mom works with us too. And so it, um, we always don't have the same idea, but we have learned how to listen to one another and take it in. Yeah. The, the blessing and the challenge of, of working with family and, and working through through little and and big issues, right? So, I, well, I, right. again, I'm so glad that you guys did decide to return to the farm, that you guys have jumped in with, like, not even both feet. You've, like, thrown your whole body into the deep end and, and are um, doing such cool things there. So if people want to find out more about your products or your farm, how can they do that? Yeah, sure. They could visit our website at marketjerseycreamery.com or on all the social platforms as well. Um, and then our other products are Eat Extreme Ice at, or sorry, eatextremeice.com and then also doggostreats.com. Uh, dogs is also available on Amazon, which is super fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, good. Well, way to always be thinking. I love that um, about all these different products that you guys have put out. So very cool. Well, Amy and Beth, thank you so much for sharing 
uh, your family's story and a little bit about your transition and all of the great things that you're doing now. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And now we're going to hear from a familiar voice on the podcast, Erin. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. I say another podcast, but man, it's been a hot minute, Erin. It's been a while. Or like 18 months, I, I feel like, since we've sat in the same studio. I Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like Mm -hmm. pre-COVID. So I'm very excited to be talking about this. I know it hits really close to home for you. When you're not busy being a rock star in your role here at FarmHer, you are a FarmHer yourself back at home on the family farm, right? So um, it's, it's an interesting topic and there's layers and layers of complexity. I know as we've discussed off, off microphone in the past. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Well, let's let's dig in. So, first of all, tell us a little bit about your farm and how long your family has been farming in Wisconsin. Yep. So, our family farm it's it's a century farm. So, honestly, it's it's over 150 years that it's been in our family, and I um, am fifth generation okay. on our family farm. No pressure. Yeah. Right. And it's um, 180 acres. My husband Jeremy and I now own and operate. Um, 80 of those acres with my dad, but we do all of it together, my uncle and my dad and uh, us. So we all work together still, although the structure of the business has changed, the function has not. Um, And yeah, so um, my, you know, my parents, um, they, my dad's very good at planning and thinking ahead. And so um, over the last four years, we, we transitioned. And so um, we're not, on the farm right. because we live in Des Moines right. and our farm is in South Central Wisconsin. Yeah. So how many? How far away is your drive to get to yep. your farm? First so of all? it's uh, about five hours yep. unless I'm driving. And it's like four forty-five. <laughs> and um, so we have corn and soybeans. Yep. It's it's strictly you know um, crops. Your typical row yep. farm. Yep. yep. Growing up, of course, we had cattle and I showed sheep and things like that. But we don't have any any animals right now. Right. Um. So yeah, just a row crop farm and. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's talk a bit, little bit about roles. You you told mm-hmm. us a little bit, you know, you grew up there, you, yeah. you lived there, your uncle's involved too. Can you, mm-hmm. can you tell me a little bit about what everyone's role is today, knowing yeah. that you guys do live here in Iowa? Yes. Like, t- tell me a little bit about the juggle. Yeah. Um. So my uncle and my dad, um, they both are farming still, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Other than the ownership has changed. And then Jared and I, um, Jeremy does, you know, it's funny cause we talk about this a lot. Like I'm not necessarily in a tractor, um, but I'm making sure all the other things are happening right. behind the scene, which is uber and Im- like uber important. This is the farm hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, it, it's just, I think we've been really fortunate. My dad's a planner. And so things were, you know, he was very adamant about making sure he had a plan and set it up and communicated it. But anyway, our roles, mm-hmm. um, you know, my dad and my uncle are there. So they're there for any communication right. with um, anybody. And my uncle's, seed, yes, my uncle um, is picking inputs, out seed. Co-op, all that. Yes, yep. absolutely. My uncle's picking out seed. Um, he does all that research. We all buy the same things. Mm-hmm. And then um, Jeremy kind of makes up the fertilizer plan, all the, the nutrient management, things like that. And then they all take turns in the tractor or at harvest or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So, um a lot of communication over the phone. I mean, really. Yeah. And and so we go back, um, for sure we have to be back in the fall and in the spring. And then we're there about once a month anyway. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that's I mean, that's and, and I'm 
obviously watching all our finances and paying all our bills right. and managing our insurance and everything else. All you mm-hmm. are the CFO yes, exactly. of the operation as are so many farmers. Right. I wish I could like ever get like a real mm-hmm. accurate number of, yeah. of how many women play this role on the farm, which is super important because Absolutely. if, if the, um, you know, the dollars and cents don't mm-hmm. add up, then nothing works. That's right. And so right. it's not everybody's favorite place to spend their time. Maybe Absolutely. it's not yours too. I don't know. You know, the, yeah. the accounting <laughs> and the bookwork and all those things, right. they, they get a little bit tough, but it just has to be done, right? Absolutely. It has to be done. It does. Yes. So um, let's talk about, mm-hmm. well, well, tell me the story of kind of, you said your dad was a planner, yeah. right? Yep. So how how did this evolve? How did yeah. this come up? And and I also think it's worth noting that you're an only child. Yes, right? which makes everything much a little, easier. A little cleaner. <laughs> right. A little cleaner Definitely. because I saw my mom's family go through it a little bit. But my grandpa was also very uh, much of a planner and had it all sectioned out. And, yes. And whether everyone thought it was equitable or not is probably another question. Right. But, but you're an only right. child. So you're yeah. t- talk to me yeah. about what happened. Yeah. So even if we go all the way back, my grandma and grandpa... Um, I mean, they had six kids. So, you know, my, my general understanding is they had very much planned out, you know, they knew who my uncle and my dad were going to stay and they were going to farm. And so they had made that very fair as well. Um, and then that just trickled down. And so as far as like, I remember from my entire childhood, my dad just talking about how things are, he never was like, you need to come back and farm. He would have never said that. That's not the kind of person he is, but it just worked out that way. And so, um, as they got older and they're trying to protect some of their assets, they were ready to make that transition. And so Jeremy and I stepped in and that was probably a year, year and a half process. Yeah. Um, They had, you know, split the the partnership into two LLCs, but we all still function together. So all the finances have to, to roll together and, and be fair. And, and that's been, I mean, it's really been fantastic. Right. Um, And so, um, so my dad, like I, I laugh because I think this is the stuff about transitioning that's important is he he always made us sit down. Jared and I got married. Like, let's sit down. We need to plan out what this looks like. We were. You're like, no, I just want to get married. And, and I don't want to talk about it. Right. <laughs> like it's hard. For, it was hard for me yeah. then and still is to talk about what happens when, when he's not when here. they're not there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I hate that. But he has always said you have the tough conversation now it's planned and you leave it and you right. get out, right? right? Like you're done. Yep. And so that's what he did. But he, you know, honestly, um, Jeremy's been a good buffer there because those are hard conversations for me. Oh yeah. And I think for anybody, I, Aaron, I mean, anybody, like I, right. I think my dad would have these conversations, mm-hmm. not about a farm, but it, just about, you know, his, his life his as plan. he knew that he was, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting closer to yeah. the end. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Right. Like, I, I, right. I, I want to crawl out of my skin yeah. in this conversation because yes. it feels so uncomfortable. Yeah. So but my dad always said, you have the conversation. So there's a plan and then you don't have to worry about it. Yep. And so that's just how it's always been. And they've worked with some really great, a great attorney. Okay. That's um, what I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. Tell me yep. about, tell me about some of the resources that yeah. you use. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, our our attorney that um, works with our our estate and everything, she too is really pushes us and has and although we need to go back because we've got some work to do probably like to to manage everything ahead of time before you have to deal with it, put it away. And so um, my parents also have an estate uh, attorney that they've worked with right. and um, who specializes just in in family farms and things like that, which I think is important um, because it is different. So. 
Um, and then also just like our accountants um, and, and using the same accountant for a few years for our taxes and yep. everything so that it transitions smoothly. And those, I mean, those were the biggest resources. Um, wasn't so hard with FSA and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, all that transitioned pretty easily. Um, but yeah, the, yeah. The big thing, let's go back to what your yeah. dad said. Yeah. You have, what, what was it? You have a plan and then you have a plan yeah. and then just put it away yep. and you don't have to worry about it. Yep. Yep. Have the tough conversations, figure it all out, put it away. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about it. That, that is the toughest part I think yeah. of, of even broaching the subject, mm-hmm. right. Of, of how you're going to deal with it. Yeah. Well, and, and there's facing it. so much emotion. Like I, you know, we have been, we have moved all over. So um, you know, Jared and I plan to retire back there. I mean, who you never know where you're going to end up. And so it's kind of nice to know that we have had this steady in our lives, the farm and the homestead and everything. Um, but I, I'm thankful because emotionally I wanted to hold on to that farm, right? Like I don't want to lose that land. I don't want to. And so I appreciate the fact that, you know, I'm managing two kids and a full-time job. So is Jeremy, but his job right. ties very well into the farm. Right. So right. it's been, it's been, I appreciate his knowledge um, and and being able to step in so we can continue to do this. And so our passions match, which help a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then together we can make it happen. And then my dad and my uncle too, who are instrumental in all of it because they're the ones who are, we're, we're calling or texting like what's going on. Their boots are on the ground. Their boots are on the ground. Yeah. And they're just, they're, they're Irish twins and a dynamic duo. And so, <laughs> um, I mean, it's been, it's been good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine without um, talking to your dad, right, that yeah. it, it feels like a relief for him yes. too, to know yes. what's going to happen. A hundred percent. Yep. And, and I'm sure that there's been some challenges, you know, um, it was important for me that he and, and Jeremy, that he can do whatever, like he can do whatever he wants. Like you are still, even though you, this you is transition your all your stuff. Yeah. And so you don't have that like formal ownership. Um, and I'm sure that that's been tough in some spots for him, you know, yeah. but he's so positive. He'd just be like, whatever, it's all fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking. Of, okay. So tough conversations. Mm-hmm. Is there any specific conversation or um, time you can think about where you have a tip or a trick or like a ways that you have worked through these for yourself? Cause like you said, yeah. they were, they were tough. They There's were. tough conversations. So yeah. is there um, any suggestions you have for, for working through this mm-hmm. from, from the, maybe the younger farm her standpoint in these right. conversations? Right. Um, you know, I know that my situation is a little different cause I know it's not always that easy right. um, for, for, your family to open up and talk and sit down and have those tough conversations. And I'm probably the one who, who's harder to pin down just because I like to, I'm, I just rather avoid it. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But I think just to, to stop and think about, you know, if you can plan this and you can sit down and, and talk, if you're the one who has to initiate it, right. First of all, I would say, you know, find an estate attorney or find somebody who does mediation um, and helps through these transitions um, to maybe give you some tips and, and to present it maybe in the way like my dad did, like, just let's talk about this now. So everybody's minds are at ease and we can put it away and just enjoy. Right. Thinking about how both parties will take it when you present it. Right. Absolutely. Because because it can be so emotionally charged. Like, 
you know, like I always had this thought when my dad would talk about this stuff to me. I'm like, I don't, I don't want you to think I'm worried about getting all of this. Right. Like, well, I just I want you to be hard okay. Part too is yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, let's plan this so that, I mean, it leaves, it leaves the owners pretty vulnerable if there's no plan. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think ultimately most parents are, they want to take care of their kids. They want to make sure everybody's set and maybe to present it that way too. Like, you won't have to worry about this if something happens, not necessarily because you're going to get all this stuff, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, and to just, just like hit it head on. Um, but to find those resources, if it's not that easy, which I would guess is the case most of the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I've crossed paths with a woman named Jolene Brown a number of times on the speaking circuit. Uh, but she, you know, um, I, I see her on Facebook. She she does consulting, right? Yeah. And there's so many people like that out there. Mm-hmm. And she's always sh- sharing stories of, you know, yes. uh, kind of the behind the scenes of what happened, obviously not with any specifics about the people, but right. but it, every situation is unique. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can really help to have a yeah. third party involved to help you navigate, right? Um, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's just so, it's yeah. so tough. Yeah. I don't know how many times I can even say that. Right. 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 Yeah. So yeah. Let, let's talk a little bit about Jeremy. You mentioned him yep. earlier. He's your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have been married for a number <gasps> like of years, 17 right? 17 years, yeah, I yeah. think. <laughs> a while. Uh, a while. No, what? And <laughs> how are you? You're, no, that can't be true. <laughs> it's right. Um, so Jeremy's your husband. Mm-hmm. He married into this family farm operation, yeah. obviously. Um has there, you said your dad sat down and kind of talked to both of you when you yeah. got married, because that is a consideration, right? Of, yes. of how, like as a parent, right. when, when another uh, <laughs> person comes into this family relationship and yeah. it's not just, just uh, cut and dried, right? right. When you have right. assets like this that yeah. are important mm-hmm. to everybody else as right. well. So has there been, was there a transition about that mm-hmm. or was mm-hmm. it pretty smooth? Because Jeremy and your parents, I know, get along yeah. really yeah. great, right? I like he's say, like another child to them. Yeah, I say that, you know, like they might love him more than they love me, <laughs> even though they Which, love me a okay, lot. There's a tip. Marry somebody <laughs> exactly. who your parents love more than yes. you. That, yes. That's the tip. <laughs> that's right. That is the tip. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think. You know, honestly, what's happened over the years is this hasn't just been like one big conversation. It's been trickling of conversations, you know? Yep. And so um, we did have some, you know, sit down and, and talk like as we were, as my dad and my mom were ready to make this change. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I know this seems kind of ridiculous, but it just, it was pretty smooth. Yeah. Um, and Jeremy grew up on a farm, so he's very knowledgeable. Yeah. And I think that makes everything a lot easier too. Right. So, um, yeah. So I, I don't even remember what your original question was, but oh, like, just, yeah, I mean, there wasn't the transition yeah, yeah. of, of him into yes. your family, you know, and Absolutely. over the years, if, yep. if that's been yep. a, a thing, but yeah. it hasn't really for no, you guys. It's been okay. And really we've been, you know, he's been jumping in, we've been jumping in and doing more probably for the last, um, three years. Cause that's really a, that's all that it's been since we've taken ownership. So 
Yeah. Yep. So it was good. And I think, you know, the biggest, I'm kind of jumping in here, but like the biggest changes and transition is that Jeremy brought technology to our farm. Right. Right. So that's huge, right? (laughs) Because um, your dad and your uncle have probably been doing it the same way for a long time. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about making that leap, maybe mm-hmm. in that, making mm-hmm. that change, making right. that, I don't want to call it an upgrade, but an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's so different. And you know, my dad and my uncle, they have their tractors that they love and they, I mean, you know, most without cabs, couple right. with, you know, <laughs> and we like last summer, I have a picture of Jeremy and my dad. And of course I'm taking the photo, but we were scouting our crops with our drone yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And my dad and my uncle both remember that exact field being plowed with horses. Oh my gosh. Right. Like Such a transition. when they were little. Yeah. And so here we are. I mean, we, Jeremy works for John Deere. So mm-hmm. we obviously, um, we got a tractor right away, which right. It's um, green. it was, it was, it's green <laughs> and it has all the, the precision agriculture technology. Uh-huh. So we started using that right away. So it's been, um, I mean, we have maps and so we can, follow what things look like from satellite and Jeremy can be like, Hey, go check this area out. I'm wondering if it matches. I mean, we have so much technology intertwined and and pretty quickly. Right. Um, so we're watching our yields go up and, um, you know, the, the plan for fertilizing and things like that has changed. Um, but all for the, for the better. And then I think the biggest thing is, is my dad and my uncle getting in the tractor and, learning how to drive it or not drive it and let it drive itself. Um, and they, they've done really, really good. I mean, we, Jeremy, he's going to kill me for saying this, but he, he skipped like a whole section of corn in our field. <laughs> and so it never came up cause he must turn the, pl- I, I don't even know what happened, <laughs> but my dad and my uncle, they had to go plant it. And Jeremy's really good about like, okay, just jump in and go. So my dad's like, are you going to FaceTime me? And we'll go through it. Jeremy's like, no, I'm going to log right into the tractor and tell, and it where tell to go. you what to do. Yeah. And so he did. So he can sit at his computer and watch what they're doing and tell them what to do while they're sitting in the cab. And they were, they were pumped. They did it. They got it. They were so excited. Yeah. They're talking about using that tractor next fall and all the stuff. So, yeah. and of course I've always been careful because I'm like, if they want to use their own tractors, they can use whatever they want. <laughs> But it's been good. Yeah. Yep. Um, what a what a leap though, right? Oh my because gosh. I think yeah. I mean this is a whole another episode about mm-hmm. uh how you transition into using the technology that's available. Yeah. Like think about um I always think about like when I get in my car. Like yes. and my car is um oh my, my car is six years old, yeah. right? Like the technology in it is nothing like a car today, yeah. even. And I'm like, well, Still. I turn the radio on. <laughs> that's what I, I don't do. even know what else. I, I don't even know what else is in there. I know. I know. So yep. I, it, uh, I have to imagine take that times like yeah. a thousand yes. when you have all of this stuff, like, uh, you know, so yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy's got a bit of a leg up and how to use that, yes. you know, with his, uh, mm-hmm. where he spends his mm-hmm. days, yep. uh, for sure. But um, what, what a cool change, right? It is. And, it's very cool. And it's, it's cool to kind of watch and, and, and track those, the yield changes and everything else and the soil management. And, and my, my dad, and my uncle did some of that stuff too, of course, but, um, this has been, this has been awesome. It's like a big research plot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm so glad that, that your dad and your uncle and, yeah. and your parents, um, mm-hmm. you know, 
went through the tough stuff yeah. to yeah. to have the conversation right. to get you to this point where mm-hmm. you guys can be mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah. So uh, what would you say in thinking about that sixth generation? You I was just thinking about yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. You've yep. got two kids yeah. who um, are mm-hmm. now uh, like, granted, they go back to Wisconsin with you. You Absolutely. know, they go back to the farm. They see bits and pieces of it, but they didn't grow up there nope. now. Right. They're probably one of the first generations that that. Well, that wasn't on own the farm. this farm someday mm-hmm. that didn't grow up there. So yep. you have to imagine that their connection is a little bit less. Yep. And so um, what what do you think the most valuable information that you can take away from how you transitioned in and how you'll have that conversation with your yeah. kids? And it's funny because I was just thinking about that. It's like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I think I can already start to see, you know, I've sat in this chair of of being the fifth generation to have things transition. And now I'm, now I am the fifth generation and there is the sixth and like, that's a tough place to be. Right. Because I don't even know. So it's nice to put yourself in maybe your parents' shoes or your grandparents' shoes. Like I can see that now that I have my own kids. It's hard to see that when, when you're not there. And I mean, I I think we'll, you know, we talk about how important the farm is and how long it's been in our family, but my kids don't, they don't have that day to day tie into it at all. They'll have memories and my parents were there and all the good times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, I don't like we, that's what we need to do now, right? right. Like listen to me stumble. Like we need to set it up. We need to start thinking about that because we have a state attorney and we about do. What, what's next. Yep. And yeah. so I'm, I'm sure we have it all 50, 50 right now in our plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll probably stay that way, but I think I'll have to watch my kids and see kind of what happens too. You know, yep. does one take more interest than the other? Is what does that look like? And when I say my dad planned or my grandparents planned, I mean they were like, "This section is Bill's. This will be Bob's." Like right. it was, there was no question right. for anybody, and right. it was fair. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'll have to kind of. I mean, I will look at it like that. But I mean, like, whoa, right? Yeah. And again, I think about it now. I can say, I want to protect this. I want to protect what my family's worked so hard for, for how many years? Yep. And I I don't want to see anything happen to it. I want to see it continue. And I think you're showing them something really important Mm -hmm. that you don't have to be right there. Right. You know, uh, there's so many different ways to manage a farming operation or to even turn it over to somebody else to manage if they, if they can't give the time and space and energy or have boots on the ground there. Yeah. Now someday uh, their dad will be back there in the farm and that'll be where they go too. So hopefully they'll have their boots on the ground the same way that you guys do, but But you you don't know. know. Yeah. You don't know. know. Yeah. 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 So it's definitely a conversation to have, right? Okay. So I need your quote Mm -hmm. one more time about what your dad said. My dad said, you know, you deal with it right up front with all the hard stuff and then you put it away. So you don't have to worry about it. Yep. Yep. I think that's the best advice that I could keep coming back to. I know over and over again. Yep. Because it's not easy. It's not easy stuff. No, it's not. No, no. Aaron, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about what went on, uh, what went on behind the scenes in your family, for sure. Conversations around farm succession planning are so important to have with your family. With the proper communication and execution, transition planning doesn't have to be intimidating or tear your family apart. So thank you, Aaron, again, for sharing your story. Thank you to the Mark Hoot sisters. And thank you, Hitchpin, for sponsorship of this episode. Be sure to check out their marketplace today at hitchpin.com or download the app. 
Thank you all for joining us on Farm Her Talks.